A Day of Faces by Simon K. Jones Read by Jen Coleman Chapter 17 Interlude Number 2 Taking all the dissatisfying aspects of his job into account, debriefs tended to be the nadir for Winton Simons. It wasn't the concept of debriefs, so much as the person he was debriefing. Abraham Holt was a universal force, much like gravity. There was no explaining him, you just knew he was there and could see the consequences of his actions all around. On the plus side, there were those moments before the colleague arrived, when Winton was alone in the meeting room. He sipped at his coffee, holding it with both hands and resting his elbows on the table. It was all sun and fluffy clouds outside, the window offering a view across the hills to the towering Avery facsimile, looking like a twisted, oversized Eiffel Tower. The only sound came from the air-conditioning vent in the corner of the room. If only this moment could last through to the end of the day, he'd sit there nursing the coffee until he simply got up, walked out and drove home. The door opened and Holt entered without knocking. He walked straight over to the window and looked up at the frame of the Avery, saying nothing. Winton reluctantly placed his coffee back on a coaster and pulled up Holt's report, along with local newspaper cuttings sourced from Locke. It made for depressing reading. So, Winton said slowly, that was messy. Still with his back to him, Holt removed his coat, held it in one hand for a second, then turned and dropped it over the back of one of the chairs. He then sat down on another chair, with what Winton could only describe as a flourish. They locked eyes, but Holt still said nothing. I'm just going to skip straight to the end, Winton said. Eighteen Avery guards. How's that make you feel? Holt snorted. Make me feel? What is this, a counselling session? That was a trick question, Winton said, not smiling. What I actually want to know is why you think you still have a job here. That got his attention. Holt's jaw worked left and right, and he sat back in the chair, shifting his arms from the table to folded across his chest. If you've got someone else that can do what I do, go right ahead, Simons. Hmm, Winton said. The way I see it, even you can't do what you do. Not any more. Come on, Simons, Holt said impatiently. Intel came in way too late. You know that. If you'd got me on site an hour earlier, I could have prevented the whole thing. Winton glanced down at the tablet. There was a headline from the Perlin Chronicle depicting a terrorist massacre at the heart of government. The article itself was a list of names of those killed. The photo showed what looked like school photos of the perpetrators. You know that wasn't possible. We didn't know he had accomplices. Sure, Holt said, leaning in. But seems to me, if you want to pin this on anyone, you should look to your own department first. Besides, this is all beside the point. It was covered up just fine. Those two idiot teenagers gave us all the cover we could want. Winton brought up a secondary report, culled from Lock Citizen Records. K. Celine Rodata and Marvin Thermivore. No previous. Squeaky clean. No terrorist associations. It's not ideal story material. That's clean-up's problem, 
not mine. What this does do is confirm some of our suspicions about Patient Zero's coercion abilities. Let's not stray from the subject, Winton interjected. This is about you, not him. Holt laughed. Come on, he said. What do you want me to say so we can get this wrapped up and go to lunch? You want me to say how I'm super sad and terribly sorry? That might be a good place to start. I'm super sad, Holt said, his face entirely deadpan. I'm also terribly sorry. Right, Winton said. But none of that brings back over a dozen lock citizens, the ones you vaporised. He actually shrugged. They were in my way. You killed 18 innocent people and still let Patient Zero escape. You failed on every angle. Holt got to his feet abruptly, knocking his chair back. We manipulate these people every day, Simons. Have done for centuries. What happens on their ridiculous planets down to our design? That is what we do here. Or did you forget? We don't just kill... Yes, we do, Holt threw his arms up. We tinker. We get in there and fiddle around and do whatever the hell we want with our lives. Oh, hey, maybe it'd be fun to try out some reptilian genotypes. Or, hey, why don't we forcibly introduce American 1950s diner culture just for shits and giggles? They live and die according to our whims. So don't judge me. Don't even think about it. Winton thought about jumping to his feet, but then figured he'd missed the moment and would only look foolish. That left him sitting in the chair, with Holt towering above, which felt even more awkward. He was acutely aware that Holt was waiting for a response. They're not just toys for us to play with, Holt. No, Holt said. They're lab rats. If you don't get that, then you're the one that shouldn't be working here. Holt had a habit of turning situations around. That was why he was usually so good at his job. It was also why Winton hated going up against him, even just verbally. The diner thing was a one-off, Winton said uselessly. It being the office Christmas party doesn't absolve us of responsibility, Holt said, not without some venom. What I do, I take responsibility for it. I know what I'm doing, I know where I stand... I don't give a damn, but I'm not a hypocrite. Winton turned the tablet off and pushed it away to one side. Look, here's how it works, he said. Currently, we don't know where the hell Patient Zero is, or his accomplices. For all we know, we might never see them again. But if they reappear on lock, you have to be ready to go get them. Until then, management is suggesting you take some leave. No. Holt said, shaking his head. Leave is the last thing I need, and you're still not understanding the situation. It wasn't even worth letting out a sigh. Do enlighten me. Holt moved over to the window and stared up at the mock Avery. Once he touched the diviner, he made a dimension jump. And then he came back. That means he can control it. If he can control it, he can come here. To Earth. What are you saying? I'm saying, said Holt, enunciating clearly as if to a child, that we've bred a super rat and he's escaped from his cage.
As the rest of the day dragged by, Holt's words rang in Winton's head. As he got in his car and made the drive home, he couldn't stop the thought running around and around. As he hugged his wife and kissed his baby son, the knowledge distracted him. Locke wasn't just the job anymore. It wasn't just a distant, theoretical experiment that he could forget about at 5.30 each afternoon. The rats were loose. Thanks for listening. Follow us on SoundCloud or subscribe using iTunes or your favourite podcast app to make sure you don't miss the next chapter. You can find me on Twitter at Tarnamus or at simonkjones.com. You can help support the creation of stories like this on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Simon K. Jones.